and now we know. Finally, welcome Bird Gang on today's show. Paul Calvisi joins me. The Cardinals will pick 27th in April's draft, the second of their two first-round selections. That became known officially following the weekend's playoff action, which we will discuss. Also, Harris Johnson Jr., just how good was his first year, plus assistant coaches receiving all-star invites. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 721, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2. Buda Baker, what heart, what threat. This guy's unbelievable. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. He's at the 10, half a five. He's in again. Some more Murray magic. Wow. Here's Craig Grealoux. Because we only ask the tough, hard-hitting questions here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, as my co-host Paul Calvisi now straightens up in his chair because he realized he's about to get blindsided by something wow. here on this Monday. I mean, it's only a Monday. I'm going to get ear-holed right out of the gate. Uh, anybody else want to fill in on this Monday <laughs> if it's going to be tough questionings? My goodness! Based on what we saw, not on the field, but off the field, what would it take, Paul, for you to dance like John Harbaugh. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's regrettable. There's no doubt about it. You do not want to put that on camera. Not, I mean, you don't want to be a couple of things. Um, you don't want to be shirtless unless you are, you know, a, an NFL player like like Jason Kelsey. Um, you don't want to be the grown man caught crying after the Bills' loss in the stands, right? Yeah. And you certainly don't want to be a uh, human being without rhythm, of which I'm most definitely guilty, uh, caught where you are coerced into busting a move and instead it just busts back on your face as it goes viral all time in a meme. So, yes, you got to tread lightly, carefully, and be premeditated in everything you do when the cameras are around. Here there's the dilemma based off what you just mentioned about Jason Kelsey. What would you be more... I wouldn't say excited, but what would you be more willing to do, camera or no camera? Okay, no, it, it has to be. The cameras have to be on. Would it be dancing in the locker room like John Harbaugh did after the Ravens pulled away from the Texans 34-10? to 10, Or would it be going shirtless in the stands in front of however many millions that watched that Chiefs-Bills game in Buffalo. There's only one circumstance and or scenario under which I would uh, I would be prone to being guilty all the above, and that would be if the alma mater somehow went to the Rose Bowl. If indeed I was ever Pauly Pasadena just once in my lifetime, just once have the University of California go to the Rose Bowl, and now there's an even longer shot than ever. Yeah, is the ACC, the, uh, right. the, the, yeah. do, you, do you get an invite to I the just, Rose Bowl? I, I, don't, I don't know, and I just don't care, but that would be about the only thing where I'd lose my mind uh, for, and you know what, and, and just act like you don't care if indeed that was to transpire. Okay. Cody, we've got yeah. it on yeah. the record yeah. here on this Monday edition of Cardinals Covered 2. If but, Cal. But, but see, if anyone, if any fan base or any player should act like that, it should be the Detroit Lions, right? Yes. It should be someone somewhere associated with the Lions who now have more playoff wins than they had between 1957 and before this season started just based on this postseason. Now, you spent some time in that area both living and working. As far as the four games that were played 
over the weekend. We don't need to get too in-depth, but just what was the biggest standout? Was it the Lions beating the Buccaneers 31-23? Was it our hometown team in the Bay Area, the 49ers, going to another NFC Championship game? The Bills losing at home. They finally get the Chiefs on the road, and you still can't beat the Chiefs, or is it because the Texans are finally out of the playoffs and the Cardinals now know they'll be picking 27th in the first round come April? All right, we'll get to the draft pick in a minute. Uh, There's no doubt, just just the atmosphere in Detroit after those playoff victories, and I likened it to the Cardinals in the 2008 NFC Championship game, and now the fans are soaking in every single moment. How they do not want the moment to end. They don't want to leave the stadium. You know, to me, the shots of the 89-year-old season ticket holder reminds me of my own father, who's 86 and a Detroit native. And so I remember as a little guy hearing all the Bobby Lane stories from my pop and all his buddies who used to go to the Lions games at Tiger Stadium back in the day. So, And then I just look at the Lions – and you hope to see the Arizona Cardinals in a year or two. You, you see a Dan Campbell era that started with three wins in his first season three years ago, then started last season one in six, and then ever since they have turned it around, right? And so, uh, I mean, his mark as a head coach was 4-19-1 until the middle of last season. And they've won like 22 out of 29 or something like that ever since. So when it turns... It turns. In fact, I heard Rex Ryan on ESPN this morning call Detroit the best coach team in the NFL this season. Wow. And I'm like, all right, is that not one of those ESPN hot takes? But it's legit. You can make that argument between Ben Johnson and Aaron Glenn and between their special teams and then Dan Campbell holding everyone accountable and the energy and the physicality. These are all hallmarks of what Jonathan Gannon and Monty Ford are trying to instill. So for me, in addition to the fact that I'm sick of the 49ers making their third NFC championship game in a row in, what, four of the last six or something like that, KC going to its sixth straight AFC championship game, Baltimore has been a perennial winner. Good to see Lamar Jackson get a, a playoff win. I mean, just I just like the fresh blood and the new look in the postseason. You could have the Detroit Lions in the Super Bowl. They are 60 minutes away from being in Las Vegas. And dare I say, did the NFL schedule makers know something all the way back in May when they put the Lions and Chiefs on that NFL kickoff Thursday and did not the Lions upset the Chiefs? And could we get Lions and Chiefs to end 2023 season? All right, so look, we both follow the 49ers closely, if nothing else because they're in the Cardinals division yeah. and we see them twice a year. And I told Wolf uh, a moment ago before coming on here on Cardinals Cover 2, I said to Wolf, I think the Niners have issues. I think there's a good chance they go down at home. I would be worried if I was Niners Nation and Sourdough Sam, their mascot. Uh, you saw a Green Bay team go out there with Jordan Love and the youngest roster in the NFL in their first three possessions all reached the red zone. Couldn't cash it in with a single touchdown. But you saw a Niners defense that gave, its, gave up its first 100-yard rusher in 50 games. 
I know there's a lot of things out there. It took Brock Purdy in that final drive where he went six for seven and he converted those third downs with a 10-yard pass to Brandon Ayuk, and then he threw 17 yards to another receiver, and then Christian McCaffrey obviously at the very end with a big touchdown run. But until then, they were most definitely on the ropes at home. Well, just keep in mind, the Packers should have been up 10 there in that second half, if not for that missed 41 yard field goal instead they're only leading by seven allowing the 49ers to come all the way back and then you bring up looking ahead to next Sunday's NFC championship game Debo Samuel and that loss his injured shoulder on the opening drive and then missing the rest of the game in street clothes on the sideline so maybe that's good to see that he wasn't in the locker room the entire time but how healthy is he going to be going in to this next game and the Niners better hope that the poor accuracy shown by Brock Purdy had a lot to do with the rain because there were two easy interceptions that Green Bay dropped that could have changed that game. And Brock Purdy was very pedestrian until the very late stages of that game. And there were some really poor throws. Obviously, he was having issues with his grip. He had the glove, then he took it off. They had replays of him in his drop back, actually wiping his hand on his game pants with the ball in the other hand. And so, okay, we'll see. But once again, you know, that Steve Wilkes defense doesn't look to be nearly as dominant as some other teams still in the playoffs. 49ers did something they had not done all season, and that's overcome a second-half deficit to win a game. And under Kyle Shanahan, the 49ers had been 0-31, including the playoffs, when trailing by five or more points entering the fourth quarter. It is a play from a head team, Although maybe they learned something about themselves in that win over the Packers, who, as a seven seed, might have been one of the hotter teams going into the playoffs. And sometimes when you are that one seed, you either come out a little slow or you come out all fired up, but you get that team that is coming in having maybe one, three, four, five in a row, or four of five and playing some of its best football. So we're going to see an upset at some point that number one seed go down to a seven seed because of how you finish the regular season before the postseason begins. Yeah, I totally agree. And I thought Green Bay quite often that game was the more physical team, which you never would expect to say and against that. You know, that 49ers, the way they have built the offensive and defensive lines. And yet I thought Green Bay was the harder-hitting, more physical team quite often. And you're right. Sometimes the number one seed with the bye, they're a little rusty. Look at Baltimore in the first half, only 10 points. They explode in the second half. And Lamar Jackson had a historic game, first quarterback since at least 1948, according to the stats, with at least two touchdown passes, two touchdown runs, 100 yards rushing, and 100 passer rating in the same game. So, okay, if Lamar is now dialed in after that second half, and that big win against Houston and that Baltimore defense that hasn't allowed did not allow a Houston Texans touchdown in two games in eight quarters. And attention, Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, that Buffalo D was really banged up going into that game and isn't nearly the same caliber as that Baltimore defense. So as much as Mahomes is motivated by the whole road playoff narrative and not, you know, I get it. And beware, be very afraid of a Patrick Mahomes who has extra added motivation and fuel to his game. But that Baltimore defense is going to be much more physical and buttoned up than what you saw against Buffalo. And the Ravens can run the football. They out gained the Texans on the ground 229 to 38 and that's just not Lamar Jackson wow. it was Justin Hill Gus Edwards Dalvin Cook 
coming off the stint with the New York Jets, so all of a sudden he becomes a playoff player for the Ravens. But again, as far as the Cardinals' connections with this, this was the one game of the four this weekend in which, yeah, I had huge rooting interest because, Paul, it was about time the Texans (laughs) were put away and allow the Cardinals to finally figure out where they're going to be picking with that second first-round selection. Look, any other year... It's a tremendous story. I'm all for a first-year head coach and a rookie quarterback going deep into the playoffs, just not in 2023. The Cardinals, what we all thought once upon a time could have been a top-five pick. Okay, maybe top-15 as the season wore on. And then it was, okay, can we just get into the late teens? And then it creeps into the 20s, and here we are because the Texans advance into the divisional round and the Buccaneers lose, so that means that pick is lower, and the Packers lose, and because the Packers and Buccaneers had better or worse records than the Texans, now all of a sudden the Cardinals are picking 27. Wow. Now it's better than nothing, yet at the same time you want you want to be as high as possible with that second pick. And look, it was a really good calculated trade, right, in terms of – Houston had the worst combined winning percentage in 2020, 21, and 22 of any team. So the last three years going into this year, the Texans had the worst combined winning percentage of any team, plus they're going to play a rookie quarterback from day one. So historically, that says that's not going to go well. Just look at Carolina and what happened this year with the Panthers. So this historic exception, the C.J. Stroud rookie season where he led the league in several key passing categories where he only had five interceptions. Remember, Peyton Manning set the all-time rookie record with 27 or 29 picks, whatever it was, and that was a Hall of Famer. So the fact he was able to navigate the learning curve to that degree leaves the Cardinals at 27. So as bad a luck as that was, guess what? You need some good luck now at number four. And by that I mean you need QB rising. Last year that guy was Anthony Richardson. In years past, we've seen Trey Lance come out of nowhere and go number three. We've seen Zach Wilson come out of nowhere to some degree and go number two. Almost every mock draft that is out there that I'm looking at, at least the initial ones, especially the NFL.com guys who have posted theirs, they all agree on one scenario. It's going to be Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels. One, two, three. So at four, You need that fourth quarterback to make a run, to come out of nowhere, to throw on air at the combine and wow everyone, whether it's Bo Nix, whether it's Michael Penix, I don't, J.J. McCarthy, whomever, just make that run and allow the Cardinals to cash in number four, even if you move down a couple of spots, you know, to be able to cash that in and get some unexpected gains in assets because of what you just lost in particular with the Houston pick falling all the way to twenty-seven. That is going to be an unpopular take (laughs) because... Way to bottom line it. You know what this fan base wants. You know what many people want with that number four overall pick. Dare I say they would have done it with the third pick, maybe even the second pick, and that is a wide receiver. The wide receiver out of Ohio State who has drawn comparisons to Larry Fitzgerald. Now... Okay, stop right there. Is that why you think? Is it... Because of the fact that once upon a time, Fitz went at number three and was a legendary player, one of the best all-time, not just in Cardinals, but in NFL history and 
just the track record of hitting a home run at a grand slam at number three. Do you think that that's what fuels this, or is it just Marvin Harrison and the need for a receiver? For me, it's a need for a receiver. Yet at the same time, you look at several mock drafts, and you look specifically at Daniel Jeremiah, who put his out late last week. He has Roma Dunze and Malik Neighbors going 5-6, to the Chargers and Giants, respectively. This is a very deep, wide receiver class. To your point, now it makes perfect sense. And if your general manager, Monty Austin Ford, yeah, you hope that phone is ringing. Can you drop a couple of spots? Okay, maybe you don't get that Hall of Fame caliber talents of a Marvin Harrison, but we know there is nothing guaranteed. But everyone says he will put in the work, and he's a can't-miss prospect. Yeah, how many can't-miss prospects have missed? But if you can drop a couple of spots, get maybe the second-best receiver or third-best receiver, but any other year, they're the number one wide receiver. Or you can even go to the tackle position, another position of need. By the way, I'd be having this conversation if there was an edge rusher because I think that supersedes all needs on this Cardinals team is to find somebody that can get – to the quarterback because that was severely lacking this past season. But it is going to be unpopular, which I think you're okay with because there is a clamoring to get the Ohio State wide receiver as opposed to acquiring more assets, more bites at the apple to maybe fill more positions of need or positions in which you are lacking in. Sound thinking, it's just going to be unpopular, Paul. Well, okay, so a year ago, Cardinals were at number three, and they traded out. Could have had Will Anderson. There's a lot of clamoring for Will Anderson. Monty Austin Ford didn't listen, went his own direction, and got the right tackle who might be your future left tackle. Thing is, your existing franchise left tackle just suffered a torn ACL at the end of the season. And now what does that mean about next season, especially considering his contract considerations? Everyone can cite the need for a receiver, I could argue left tackle slash right tackle is a bigger need at this point. Because if you can't protect that quarterback, then the receiver doesn't matter. And you can get away with a pedestrian receiver crew if you have the quarterback and the offensive line. Hello, Kansas City right now. Patrick Mahomes made a whole bunch of different receivers work over the years in reaching the AFC Championship game six straight seasons. I think the question is, how far would you be willing to fall? Because unfortunately, there doesn't appear to be a team with a dire need for quarterback directly behind the Cardinals. You have to go to number 8 in Atlanta, number 11 in Minnesota, number 12 in Denver, number 13 in Las Vegas. Are you willing to fall all the way to 12 or 13? If you go to 8, you got to figure you're going to get one of those two tackles that are out there. The Penn State tackle, the Notre Dame tackle. I even saw Bucky Brooks head in where he had the Oregon State tackle ahead of the Penn State tackle. So... There are at least three tackles who are considered to be legit top 15 picks. Now, once upon a time, you went for Isaiah Simmons instead of Tristan Wirfs back in 2020. So I just think when you look at, for example, a Detroit Lions team, where did they start? They fixed the offensive line. Those two tackles and that tough guy, all-pro center Frank Ragnow. I mean, talk about dude factor and what he played through and getting those two playoff wins. And you got to remember Dave Sears, the assistant GM. You got to hope Dave Sears had a lot to do with the Detroit drafts the last few years because they've hit a lot of home runs themselves. I just get the sense that's more of the mentality 
that they're going to build the trenches. And then look at what Detroit did pulling Amon Ross St. Brown out of the fourth round. Look at what the Rams did pulling Puka Nakua out of round five. Look what the Cardinals did. Michael Wilson around three. We'll see. If you're telling me that Larry Fitzgerald II is what you're getting in Marvin Harrison Jr., pull the trigger. Because the return on investment obviously is there. But keep in mind that the lowest hit rate of any first-round position group in the last decade has been receiver, meaning there have been more misses at receiver in the first round than any other position group. And if you want to talk about the Lions, a buddy of mine reminded me, remember Matt Millen, who was the Lions GM from approximately 2000 to 2008, widely known as the worst modern-day GM in NFL history. Why? Because he kept taking receiver in the top 10 year after year, and almost every one of them flamed out. So just proceed cautiously if you're thinking receiver at number four. And then think about impact. How much of an impact does a wide receiver have on a game when you're only maybe getting at best 12, 13 targets on a good day? Yeah, maybe you dictate coverage like a DeAndre Hopkins did when he was here. Sure. Who also was, by the way, the 27th pick way back when. So you can find talent later in the first round, second round as well. So is more of an impact at the line of scrimmage? Absolutely. But to your point, if, again, it is a can't miss, then, yeah, pull the trigger, and then Marvin Harrison Jr. is wearing an Arizona Cardinals uniform. But as we sit here in mid-January, it would not be a surprise if your scenario plays out, and that is the phone rings and you move down, as Monty did a year ago. And if you have to, you move back up to get Harris Johnson Jr. at 6 But again, this is all something that we have, what, two, three months before we actually know for certain. And then you're not going to know five, six, seven years from now whether that was the right decision to make or did you leave that Hall of Fame wide receiver for someone else to grab. Like I threw out going in free agency after Brian Burns of Carolina. And then the buzzkill himself, Darren Urban, said, well, that's not really likely because they're just going to franchise tag him. I get it. But by all accounts, you have Mike Evans tracking for unrestricted free agency. If you're going to spend big dollars, maybe instead of the pass rusher, you go for that big receiver, proven receiver. Could be that number one guy. He's going to turn 31 this season. I thought his first playoff game was lackluster. He failed to make some plays, big plays, but he he had a pretty good rebound game in the playoffs against Detroit. You know, how about some free agency dollars at the receiver position, and then that allows you to trade down and go line of scrimmage in the first round of the draft. I would hesitate paying big money for a wide receiver. I'd much rather go big money for a lineman, whether that's a defensive lineman, a tackle, or an edge rusher. That's where I think the money is better spent. It's a more wise investment, maybe even a safer investment, because I think what you're seeing, yeah, wide receiver is becoming a top premier position but I don't know if teams are quick to pay those wide receivers that second or third contract win as we've seen lately the last couple of years you can find a young receiver and into your point about Puka Nakua guys that are in day two day three much cheaper younger just as good maybe even better than a 30 year old wide receiver that has been in the league for a half a dozen or more years 
I just think with the mentality of both Jonathan Gannon and Monty Austin for it, they're, they're addressing the line of scrimmage. Um, once again, if you get a guy you think is going to be a Hall of Famer at any position, then okay, you're justified in making that selection in the first round. But if, if indeed there's a quarterback that comes up to number four and teams are interested, I'm guessing Monty Austin Fort will seriously consider trading out. And to your point, there's no reason why it can't be an exact repeat of last year. You pull the trigger with Denver at number 12, and then all of a sudden, wait a minute, your guy's still on the board at 10. At 9, you trade back up and grab him just to be absolutely certain. And we think we have one season worth of where that decision did pay off because Paris Johnson Jr., how well he played, Forget some of the numbers, some of the metrics, whether that's pro football focus or next-gen stats, but what really won, he stayed healthy, started all 17 games, did not miss a single snap on offense, played some special teams as well, and then based off a social media post of yours late last week, when we were talking about on the Red Sea Report with Kyle Vandenbosch on how KVB was so impressed with Paris not only on the field but is off the field as well. And then you rattled off the number of edge rushers, defensive linemen, that Paris Johnson Jr. faced this season. Paul, I went through that entire list. It's an impressive list. But those names, Paris Johnson Jr. in 2023, his first season in the league, he faced nine of the top 16 sack artists Nine of 16. And I tell you what, I didn't even have room to include Will Anderson Jr. I didn't have room to include Dexter Lawrence, an all-pro interior guy who who moves around the line. And so, but from top to bottom, here's who I listed. And these are all premier pass rushers that Paris Johnson Jr. faced over the course of his rookie season, a 17-game campaign. Aaron Donald twice, Nick Bosa twice. Montez Sweat twice, the Commanders and then the Bears. T.J. Watt, who had 19 sacks to lead the NFL. Trey Hendrickson, who was number two in the NFL with 17 and a half. Micah Parsons and Miles Garrett, 14 apiece. Justin Madubike out of uh, Baltimore, 13. Jonathan Greenard, Houston, 12 and a half. Kayvon Thibodeau, 11 and a half. The Giants and Hassan Reddick, former Cardinal now with the Eagles with 11. So think of just the premier guys. Almost every single week he got an elite pass rusher, and almost all those guys came to his side just as often as the other side, especially a Nick Bosa and a Montez Sweat and a T.J. Watt. They're more likely to come off the offense's right tackle. And then you take a look at some of the teams the Cardinals get next year when they go against the Vikings and Daniel Hunter, if he's still there. They have the Dolphins and, you know, that whole pass rush they're going to get. If Brian Burns is back with the Panthers next year, that's who they'll have. Uh, Joey Bosa and the Chargers, right? So you're going to get a Aiden Hutchinson and the Lions come into State Farm Stadium and then Montez Sweat again along with your own division. So you you get immediate return on investment with a Paris Johnson Jr. because every one of those guys is a game wrecker. Every one of those guys, if you don't have an answer for them, then guess what? Your offensive game plan is dead in the water. And every one of those players that you mentioned all finished with double-digit sacks with the exception of Aaron Donald, but he's still Aaron Donald. Yes. From the inside can wreck an offense. And and you saw what the Lions did against Aaron Donald in the first round of the playoffs. He was getting triple teamed, 
triple teamed almost every big passing down. He got triple teamed. And so you see the respect and the attention he gets. And then that's got to open up so much for the rest of your defensive front. Keep the defense off your quarterback. And that quarterback, i.e. Kyler Murray, can do wonders for the Arizona Cardinals. So again, it all comes down to the line of scrimmage. I like what you always say, Paul. It's it's not protect the quarterback, it's get to the quarterback. Right now, the Cardinals in year one under GM Austin Fort went with protect the quarterback. Do they do it again because of what's going on with DJ Humphreys? And then you figure out, okay, you've got Paris Johnson Jr. on one side and whomever on the other. Figure out which is better on the left or the right side. But again, you got to be able to keep your quarterback upright in order to score points, score points, win games, win games, advance to the playoffs. You look at the 49ers' success the last four or five years, and every player in that Cardinals locker room will start with one acquisition, the trade for Trent Williams. Solidified that line. What was the difference in the Rams with Sean McVay? Before, they were a dumpster fire before Sean McVay got there. It wasn't just McVay. It was the acquisition of Andrew Whitworth. And then Whitworth retired. And they were the worst post-Super Bowl champ ever two seasons ago. They fixed the offensive line again this year, and guess what? Rams back in the playoffs. So you look at the teams that have excelled, the Lions. I mean, for every big draft pick the Lions have had over the years, they finally put investments into the offensive line, and look what it's done. It has paid off. So, Because ultimately, you can have all the greatest corners in the world. They can't cover for seven or eight seconds. So if you're going to give a quarterback time to throw, that's all they need in this league. By the way, you bring up the Lions. How about this note that broke on Monday, according to reports? Zach Ertz is Mm. back in the league. According to reports, he is signed by the Lions to their practice squad because the Lions over the weekend lost Brock Wright, hurt his forearm in the second half, and they're not quite sure if he'll be available or not. Ertz was released in late October, Paul. It's been a long time since Ertz has done anything football-related, yet here he is given an opportunity, which I think maybe he would have thought was going to come much earlier, especially after in which there was that mutual decision to part ways both sides. And then, of course, according to reports, Ertz gave up a game check as well to help facilitate that move. But October, I mean, that is three months waiting for that phone to ring or maybe waiting for that right opportunity. And there's that connection to Detroit with his old tight end coach, Steve Hyden, right? Yeah, I think we're all a little bit surprised, but for all the Cardinals fans out there who watched every single snap of this season, the first half of the season until Zach Ertz went down with injury, you saw someone who was definitely rusty coming off the torn ACL. And I'm not just talking about... Maybe his movements, but even his reaction to some of the passes from Josh Dobbs. It just he was a little late getting his head around, getting his hands up, reeling in a pass. It just looked it definitely didn't look like game time, real time Zach Ertz that we become accustomed to. There was definitely a rust factor of sorts. So was that the time off because of the injury? Was that because of his age now into his thirties? I wonder if teams looked at that same game film and were a little hesitant to invest in Zach Ertz, especially at a number that I'm guessing he was expecting as someone who made $8 million plus last year as a Cardinals tight end. So, okay, uh, look, he's got a huge showcase on Sunday. If he gets some game reps and he gets some targets, uh, he has a real good chance to springboard that into a contract next season. The 
NFC and AFC Championship games are on Sunday. The AFC Championship game is first, then the NFC, and it's a matter of rotation. It doesn't determine by the matchups. It's every other year the AFC or the NFC gets that second game. And unfortunately, I don't know. I don't know if there's a Lions 49ers versus Chiefs Ravens. I don't know if one is a better matchup over another. Maybe I'm a little bit biased because of the NFC and the 49ers, but I don't. I don't know if there's really that one game better than another that would deserve that second spot. Yeah. By the way, I always thought it was based on the time zone. So I thought because it was the East Coast, that's well, why both, it would go earlier. So I had no for idea. For us, it's 1 o'clock and 4.30, so yeah. it doesn't really matter no on idea. that end. Okay, I had no idea there was a rotation. I just thought the East Coast game would automatically go first. But look, in terms of which is the more marquee matchup? I mean, the Lions have become America's team, have they not? America's darlings. So there's so much attention paid on the Lions right now. But with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift and a shirtless and boisterous Jason Kelsey bombing out of the uh, Swede and uh, tailgating with Bill's Mafia out in the snow, there's obviously the whole sideshow that is Kansas City right now. And then there's the big question about Lamar Jackson, Kansas City's Patrick Mahomes. He's very motivated by the whole road playoff narrative. Lamar Jackson's motivated by just playoffs, period, in terms of he was one and three until this playoff win. So, okay, so much on the stake. How about Baltimore that's going to host an AFC title game for the first time since the 1970 season, back when the Colts beat the Raiders on their way to a Super Bowl championship? I had no idea. It had been that long since they had hosted as a team who has won a couple of Super Bowls since. So, yeah, there's a lot of great storylines and a lot to watch. We bring it full circle here on Cardinals Cover 2 with Jason Kelsey, a man of the people. The pregame video of him hanging out with Bill's Mafia and then watching his brother beat the Bills. I mean, what other player, forget the NFL, but what other player in any other sport can hang out with the opposing team's fans yep. and then root against that team's fans during the, when the game begins. And, and, and do you see the one video where he pops out of the uh, out of the suite through the open window down onto the concourse of the the stairwell with the fans and then just springs back up into the suite. That's when you knew he's a professional athlete when the three hundred pounder is able to get that kind of leg drive and lift off the. So um, yeah, but what a master marketer of knowing that there's a lot of cameras and there's a lot of airtime to be had. And, wow, that's going to parlay well under their podcast, will it not? Oh, yes. There's always yeah. some marketing angle sure. to everything that these athletes do. And, uh, hey, good for him because now he can uh, ride the coattails of his younger <laughs> he's, brother. He's the new Gronk is what he is, right? He's the new party football player, you know, man of the people. I mean, you know, Gronk is just, uh, you know, is, is both a noun and a verb at this point. So Jason Kelsey, at some point, Kelsey is going to be the same. That's where it's trending. All right. Which – Network lands Jason Kelsey for perhaps this championship Sunday, dare I say, the two-week run-up to the Super Bowl. How many times do we see Jason Kelsey 
on our television versus what we see when we scroll up and down our phones. You know, I would put Jason Kelsey on the sideline with a seasoned sideline reporter who can reel him in. Are you looking for a job, Paul? Be the uh, assistant? I'm not putting myself in the category of Tracy Wolfson or Tom Rinaldi or Aaron Andrews. No, I'm just saying I would put Jason, if he's willing, I'd put him down there and then keep him away from the pregame, you know, imbibements, uh, if you will, uh, you know, before and make sure he's sober and ready to broadcast. But yeah, that that could be, uh, that definitely has an angle to it. You know, there's an appetite for him right now. There's no doubt about it. What we don't have an appetite for? is a shirtless Paul Calvisi or a dancing Paul Calvisi. And I'll put myself in that category as well. You won't see either of us do that, at least when the cameras are rolling, safe to say. Uh, Let's not go full circle on that narrative here on this uh, edition of Cardinals Underground. There's no doubt about that. I mean, look, do you think – I think America would love to see the Lions. What about – do you think my disdain for the Chiefs and the Bills at this point, it's just such a tired act. I'm so tired of seeing the Chiefs and Mahomes and the Kelseys and Andy Reid and, you know, just the whole haughty, uh, you know, aspect of it. I just, uh, I would love to see Ravens, Lions in Super Bowl 58. So you have what has been known as Duke fatigue, Yankee fatigue, Lakers fatigue as far yes. as those successful. You know franchises that are always in it year in and year out how about some new blood in this year's Super Bowl you know what Dr. Grillo that's why I come in for these appointments because yes you diagnosed it uh perfectly that's exactly what it is it's just fatigue at this point let's see Lamar Jackson let's see the Detroit Lions let's get some new blood and some new names and faces and storylines and narratives and uh, I I don't know if American handle two weeks of (laughs) wall-to-wall multi-platform saturation of the Kelseys and Taylor Swift. I I don't, you know, we already have enough issues on a global scale. Uh, We don't need domestic issues like this, Craig, Uh, just tearing us apart at the seams as a society. You know, I said you had an unpopular take during this show earlier. I'm going to say that is the best take perhaps of the week, because Uh, as I think about it, yes, two weeks, that is a long time time mm. to hear the same stories over I mean we and got, over we got that last year Kelsey's mom right yes. okay you know, we've all been there and done that just please and uh, you know and look I'm on some fronts is equally tired by you know John Harbaugh and then that means we're going to get a lot of Jim Harbaugh cuz he'll jump in as well yeah but if he takes a job with the Chargers That's some true. other NFL you're right. team he's no, got you're right. He'll you're be right. busy. You're right. No, you're right. Uh, that that would preclude him from hanging out with the Ravens. You're you're absolutely right about that. But uh, yeah, okay. You know, look, the 89 year old season ticket holder of the Lions deserves a trip to Vegas for the Super Bowl, as just the punctuation to this whole season and his fandom. I can get on board with that. We'll end here in agreement. How about that for the first time in a long time? Agreeing on something. By the way, what about the news Cardinals assistant coaches going to be helping out with the bowl games? Uh, significant, insignificant, I mean, big deal. I, I feel like a lot of the Cardinals draft picks, I don't have it in front of me, last year balled out at the Senior Bowl, at the Shrine Bowl, and the fact the Cardinals had assistant coaches on the front lines behind the scenes, a lot of these players, because we know how, how big a deal it is to Monty Osivore and Jonathan Gannon, the makeup and character aspect of the player, and I – 
Real tough to ascertain in a 15-minute meeting at the Combine, but if you can spend a whole week around guys, you can really get to know them and figure out what they're all about. Well, the perfect example is Clayton Toon. He worked with Israel Wolfwork, who was with the Browns at the time, but Wolfwork was the quarterback's coach for the American team in the 2023 Senior Bowl. Izzy is back at the Senior Bowl, now working with the national team. He'll work with Sam Hartman out of Notre Dame, Bo Nix out of Oregon, and Michael Penix Jr. out of Washington, not to say that the Cardinals are going to draft a quarterback at 427. But to your point, yeah, you get a little intel. And then how about Autry Denson, the Cardinals running backs coach? He's going to be the running backs coach for the American team at the Senior Bowl. Quality Offensive quality control coach Connor Singer, the wide receivers coach for the American team mm. and the 2024 Senior Bowl, and then Drew Terrell, the passing game coordinator and wide receivers coach. He's the offensive coordinator for the East team in the East-West Shrine Bowl. So, yeah, more intel when you can kind of get hands-on with a prospect as opposed to what you were saying, just that 15-minute face-to-face at the combine or you bring him in for a 30-visit. So, like, for example, Keytrell Clark really balled out at the Shrine game last year, and he was coming off a knee injury, and he really wasn't himself, according to Keytrell Clark, his final season at Louisville. But by the time he got to that Shrine Bowl, he said he really physically had – totally recovered from that torn ACL and Cardinals coaches were there and they saw it firsthand and he competed and fared well and boom he was a six-round pick of the Cardinals now look at Israel Woolfork as the QB coach working very interesting Sam Hartman Bo Nix Michael Penix a little shout out to coach Woolfork Calvisi Consulting the Pauly Pigskin Division whenever you do an interview on any of those guys really talk them up really lavish the praise on try and help them climb the draft board so somebody is longing to make a trade with the Cardinals at number four to grab a Bo Nix or Michael Penix in particular Israel Wolfark you can be a catalyst to get that avalanche rolling of praise and props for these guys so they can become the next Anthony Richardson the key to the 2024 Arizona Cardinals draft is Izzy yes I'm only half kidding right here. If you can start the hype train at the Senior Bowl and then all of a sudden those guys do ball out, and I'm guessing they probably will. I mean, as defense, our team's really playing. I mean, lights out, all-out defense and some of these. I guess so. I guess, you know, these guys are getting looked at as well. But I'm guessing the offense has an advantage in these all-star games. And so, okay, especially the way Bo Nix and Michael Penix played, experienced plug-and-play guys. Both are older quarterbacks. So, hello Atlanta, hello Denver, hello Las Vegas and Minnesota. Guess what? Cardinals might have the key to your next franchise quarterback. Something to keep an eye on, and we'll do it here as well as far as these all-star games and who performs better, and perhaps maybe there wasn't a link to whether it was a position coach or in the case of Drew Terrell, the offensive coordinator for one of these games, because then you can point back to this stretch in January, early February at the Senior Bowl coming up later on, that all of a sudden it's like, okay, you learn something, whether it's about a player that you acquire, i.e. draft, or someone you might have to face coming up this season or seasons beyond. You know what I like about Drew Terrell as the offensive coordinator and ostensibly the play caller is if there's a receiver who really balled out during the week, don't feed him. Do not give him any opportunities in the game. Don't let him have any game film for any other team to see it. Keep that information under your own hat. Do not give him the ball. Conversely, if there's a, all your quarterbacks, 
I mean, you better throw it 90% of the time. Forget the stinking run game. Showcase your quarterbacks because maybe, just maybe, some team might come up with the Cardinals. I don't even know who the quarterbacks are in the Shrine Bowl, but just throw the dog out of the ball. I was looking for Drew to uh, sabotage the game of the East-West Shrine Bowl for the Cardinals' benefit, though, because that's what we have. We have the we have the Cardinals' best interests here on Cardinals Cover Two. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover Two, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer Jim Omohundro, our associate producer Cody Fincher. For Paul Calvisi, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover Two.